It's Guy's Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guy's Guy's Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. Guy's Guy's Radio. We're here to inform you and inspire you and empower you and hopefully get you to think, feel, and maybe even act and kind of look past that fence in your backyard for more information and more pathways and more insights just to help you live a better life. That's all we're doing here is trying to add some value because I know everybody's busy and they're trying to take care of themselves and their family and find their way and ask themselves, it's like, what is going on in this crazy world? And that's why we're here to help out. So I bring in guests who I think can provide us with some information that we can consider each one of us and then say, hey, I'm going to work this into my life or, ah, I don't know, that doesn't work for me. That's up to you. I'm going to bring different guests and for you to consider. So I've got two very interesting guys coming on the show today. The first, his name is Jim Bruton, and he wrote this book called The In-Between, A Trip of a Lifetime. And Jim, uh, he, he knows life. He's an Af- African wilderness guy, Emmy Award-winning wildlife film director, aviator, adventurer, inventor of the satellite video phone, NBC News Middle East war correspondent, husband, father. He's really into aircraft. What happened to him was he crashed his pl- had a crash, the plane that he had, and he went into a what's called kind of a near-death experience. He was between worlds. He wasn't he didn't pass over, and he wasn't here specifically, except his body. And he entered this kind of bardo between worlds environment, and he had some experiences that may sound familiar in what he went through, and some other experiences that were very specific to his life and his journey in this bardo type state. And he's going to share them with us on Guys Guys Radio. And I think what's important is what are the insights he got from between worlds and his truth that he could bring back here and live a better life. We've also got somebody who's dealt with a lot of challenges in the real life, this life's uh, world and experiences, and that's Aaron McCormick. He's written a book called Unbounded, Journey to Your Within. And his backdrop is he grew up in the south side of Chicago, had a tough upbringing, tough home life, but he overcame everything, and he really has rode his gifts of uh, empathy and joy to really unparalleled success as a salesperson in the tech field. And he's a terrific salesperson. You can tell when you talk to him that he really gets it. He listens. He has empathy. And he wants to help. And that's really the, the, the keys to being a successful salesperson. And uh, there's more to it than that, though. His, his personal story and the things he had to overcome are interesting. And he's got some interesting opinions also on various topics. So we've got two guests. I consider them both guys, guys. We're here on Guys, Guys Radio. Okay, what else is going on? Well, I don't have too much time, so I just want to add one thing. You know, I don't do politics. I know the election's coming up. Uh, there's a, plenty of places you can listen, uh, podcasts and radio shows where you can get a lot of conflict or right-wing or left-wing news and people arguing with, uh, with each other. I really don't do that here. I'm trying to keep things positive because I think we have enough negativity to deal with. And let me give you a little uh, insight on that. I was reading a, an interview with Bob Dylan in the New York Times, and somebody asked him about... Why didn't more people pay attention to Little Richard's gospel music? Little Richard, the fantastic mega talent uh, in rock and roll and early rock and roll. And he also did a lot of wonderful gospel music. And Dylan's answer was, and I quote, probably because gospel music is the music of good news. And in these days, there just isn't any. Good news in today's world is like a fugitive, treated like a hoodlum and put on the run, castigated. All we see is good for nothing news. And we have to thank the media industry for that. It stirs people up, 
gossip and dirty laundry, dark news that depresses and horrifies you. So I think there's enough of that out there. So on Guys Guys Radio, we want to bring in some information to hopefully help you live your best life. That's it. It's not sappy. It's not sanctimonious. We have some fun here. We do our best to entertain, but also to bring you some information. So here on Guys Guys Radio, I've got two great guests. We're going to get started right now. It's Guys Guy Radio. Got a very compelling guest, uh, somebody from the media world, world who has a life-changing experience here. He's going to visit us on Guys Guys Radio. His name is Jim Bruton, and he's lived a life that many people would dream of, but only few experience it. As a kid, he lived uh, with an active imagination, a love for wildlife, uh, filming, international travel, science fiction, vintage aviation, and by the time he was an adult, he checked off every one of those on his list with international recognition, an Emmy for his National Geographic wildlife film, traveling all over seven continents. The Titan- he did work on the Titanic, the North Pole, Mount Everest, shrinking a satellite TV truck into a backpack while transmitting live videos from places before impossible and building and flying historical reproduction aircraft from World War One in the early 1930s. He's a real Renaissance guy, and he went through a life-changing uh, incident that we're going to get into and what happened after that and how his life has changed since then. So, uh, and so also he's, uh, he's worked for uh, the media, and uh, you've probably seen him as a war correspondent on uh, MSNBC, and he really did a terrific job there, but he is, I can tell you, because I'm looking at him right now, and I read his book, and he is a changed man, I think. So welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Jim Bruton. Hi, Robert. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic, and we're going to cover an area that we have, uh, be, it's become popular on Guys Guys Radio, kind of what happens when you die or you almost die. So near-death experiences, NDEs, and how they can change people and how, you know, different people have different experiences. Uh, so let's start at the very beginning. What, what were you doing? What happened to you? And what led to this incident? Sure. Well, one, one of the things that you touched on was I used to be a war correspondent. And I live here in Connecticut. And I, I met a widow with three babies and decided to try that on for a change. And so I left the war business. Uh, a few weeks later, she said, now that you're not traveling, why don't you build these old airplanes you're always talking about? And I said, well, that's a good idea. So I built one, and that was great. And then I said, well, I'm going to build a second one now. <clears throat> and the second one was a very small aircraft. It, it almost looked like something out of a Disney film called a Flying Flea from 1933. And I had taken it out for a uh, test flight on October 3rd, 2016, didn't really like the way it handled, so I said, well, I'm going to take it out again. So I <clears throat> went out on the 6th, and it was on that test flight that I lost my engine, and I couldn't make it back to my grass strip. And because it was very hilly and forested and rocky all around there, I, I just had to aim for this small lake at a nearby Boy Scout camp. And I uh, overshot the bank by about 10 feet. So imagine being in something like a soapbox derby car hitting tree trunks at 70 miles an hour with a motorcycle engine right in front of your face. Wow. And you've got the picture. That, that mm-hmm. sort of set the stage for the, the near-death experience that came. So what happened from your perspective? So you're going down, you're crashing. One, did you think you were going to die? 
Here's the thing. I, I almost have no memory of that day. I remember seeing my propeller stop and I got it going again and then it stopped again. And by then I'd lost way too much altitude to think about doing anything else. And I actually had to go back through my emails later to find the last one I remembered sending. And it was almost two days before my crash. Mm -hmm. It just totally wiped out my memory. Okay, so you crash, and then um, you, they took you to the hospital, and they put you in a, a an induced coma, so which left, uh, lasted about a week, so they could do some work with you. In that time frame, you ended up in a place that the memories came back to you more and more and more afterwards, but it was kind of like a bardo in between worlds. Could you uh, succinctly describe exactly what that experience was? Yeah, I think you did really well referencing the bardo. Uh, it's, it's a Tibetan Buddhist concept. It fits really well. Um, basically, you know, when you hear about, let me first of all say, when you hear about a lot of near-death experiences, you know, they go through the tunnel, they see uh, deceased loved ones who kind of settle them down, talk them off the ledge, if you will. They'll see angelic beings or beautiful landscapes. They'll see a life review. Maybe they get a big message and right. then they come back. I didn't have any of that. It was more like I teleported and into this really post-apocalyptic looking landscape. If you imagine a major, major city like you know New York or San Francisco, hundreds of years or a thousand years after the nuclear blast or an asteroid hits or something like that, absolutely dead city, no one around, nothing around. That's where I appeared and it was high up on a, like a skyscraper. I mean, the view was huge, but everything was just gray and sullen gothic stretched to the horizon and above me were these huge dark storm clouds and uh and i'm looking around but i wasn't afraid i just accepted what i was seeing and then this wave of nausea went through me and i just kind of doubled over in pain and i remember i did say out loud i don't think i can stand this and when i did that i heard this light almost like clacking sound off to my left and i looked over and saw this large almost 50 foot high like sculpture of an egg made out of lattice work, you know, the kind you can see through. Mm -hmm. And I could see these slight movements within the egg that were associated with that sound. And I just knew this thing and I are connected. So I, uh, I made my way over to it to look, you know, through the lattice at what was going on inside. And it was full of these kind of free floating sector gears. A sector gear is a partial arc of a full gear. And you mm -hmm. see them in clocks. So it was kind of fitting, as I get into the story, it's fitting that they would perhaps look like that because they have a beginning and a middle and an end to their suite. Um, and as I looked at them, it was interesting. Some were very crystal clear and some were more uh, transparent and ghost-like. And as they were in sort of idle mode, just moving through each other uh, in a physically impossible manner, um, when I looked at them, even though they might be more in focus or less in focus, what they represented was very clear and sort of played as a video feed in my head of what what they represented. You know, some future event in my life is what it turned out to be. And it was at this point I kind of asked out loud, what is this thing? And this disembodied voice that stayed with me the rest of the experience said, this is the process of becoming. And I said, where am I? I said, you're in the in-between. I said, what? He said, everything. You're standing inside the eternity of a single moment. And our conversation just kind of went on from there. But what I learned I was there to do that is that I was given an opportunity 
to use that pain, if you will, that, that nausea to detect and remove these future decisions from my life that would be to my spiritual detriment. It's like if you, I sort of use the analogy, if you were an alcoholic who was really struggling to stay away from alcohol and you walk to work, you're, you might want to pick a way to walk that doesn't take you by a bar. You know, try to okay, hedge okay. your bets for success. So it's kind of like that. By removing things that might be, that I might be sensitive to and tempted by, it might make my path smoother to being a better person. Jim put together a book on this. It's called The In-Between, A Trip of a Lifetime. So uh, we're getting into that. And there's a uh, actual uh, a drawing of that on page 50, The In-Between, where there's this egg on the left-hand side, and it looks like a post-apocalyptic, as Jim kind of described, uh, city. And then there's this sector gear on the other side. And so you were in between time, if you will. Did you think at that point, I'm dead? No. And that's an interesting question because when I, when I said, you know, when it when it told me where I was, I said, it makes no sense whatsoever, you know, about being in this impossible split second of time. It said, do you remember the world to which your body belongs? And I said, no. And it said, then you'll realize the truth and how the past is dust. And what I realized in retrospect was that if, if someone had come up to me and said, if you stay here any longer, you can't go back. I would have said, go back where? To your family. What family? I had absolutely no memory, no ties, no attachment to this place whatsoever. I could have just stayed there forever or kept going. I didn't even associate myself as Jim. It was like everything was stripped away and I was totally depersonalized to just a, a conscious being, which my intuition tells me that's more who we really are. That what we're doing right now is just a role we're playing for a few years, and then we go play another role, or we ditch the roles and we, you know, start heading home. Let's keep going. The gear and then the egg. It seems to me that maybe the gear represented um, decisions, and the egg is the resetting. Every decision you make resets the egg or your your life. It, it seemed what I my takeaway from when I was reading it is it seemed like, oh, every time you make a decision, everything about you and your experience is reset every second, every thought, every decision. Help me out with that. No, that's really it. And it was it told me, you know, because when I would remove a gear, all the rest of the gears would spin around and sort of reset. And I and I asked, you know, what, what's going on now? It says your future, your destiny has to reset itself around a future that's not meant to be. And I said, OK. And I said, you know, what, what's weird is that I'm not able to use a moral compass to make these choices. I'm only guided by pain. And that you know, kind of makes me feel a little ashamed. And it said, you know, all actions have unintended consequences, some good, some bad. And you can't know if they're right or wrong until after they pass. They're variables over which you have no control. So better to just focus on like saying focus on the design plan of how things refit together, you know, when they're needed. Mm -hmm. Okay, Guys Guys Radio, your host here, Robert Manning. We're interviewing Jim Bruton, a fantastic story that's uh, documented in his book, The In-Between, A Trip of a Lifetime. So did you feel that um, afterwards, I took uh, from what I read in the book, afterwards you start to get memories about this a couple of weeks later, and then it got more and more clear. Did you consider why me? What was the message for me? 
how am I going to change my life and how did it change your life? I think it's like you said, rather than saying, why me? I could have also asked, you know, why didn't this happen sooner? We all, whether we're over on that side or over on this side, we're all getting what we need when we need it. I mean, because we are spiritual beings living a human life. And I will say this, I'm very grateful for the experience. I have no problem with, I don't have any PTSD from the airplane. I could go get in another one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is a footnote to the story that this horrific crash. And so I, I just really feel like it was, it was a blessing and I was given it at the exact moment my own personal evolution needed that quantum leap. And we we all have those things sometimes. It might be our, like if you are a, a would-be actor and you've st- stood in hundreds of lines, a thousand people long, you get that big break one day. That's your moment. And this was my moment. And you are absolutely right. I, I was forever changed by it and in a way that I'm, again, eternally grateful for. Now, it seems like you've gone through a, uh, let's call it a spiritual unfoldment since that uh, occurrence, and you've had uh, you did some research on near-death experiences with uh, one of our guests here on Guys Guys Radio, PMH Atwater, who's a real uh, expert in the area. You've also had uh, out-of-body OBE experiences. I had William Bullman from the Monroe Institute on here, and uh, it really makes a difference. Now, were you the type of person prior to your uh, crash to consider this stuff, or was this all new? Were you, did you have any spirituality uh, in you that you were aware of or in touch with, or was this something that all kind of broke through after this crash? Yeah, I mean, I've always been spiritually inclined. I would even say since I could walk. I mean, I've always wanted to know God. I've been curious about the world, as evidenced by my resume, but some of that curiosity was always wrapped up, too, and, you know, who made this, and why, and what's my relationship to it? So, I would say I was always kind of primed and ready for an experience like this. And luckily for my study of comparative religion and and just sort of coloring outside the lines, I feel I was more ready to properly interpret it or more rapidly interpret it than if I had not had that background. Mm -hmm. I would say this is one more thing. Everything I knew before my crash, I would say, was some experience, but mostly based on intellectual knowledge. After an NDE, it's woven into the fabric of your being. You don't have to go grab the book and look up the passage. You just, it just comes out of you. It might come out in your words, like we were saying before, when you own this truth. But it does. it's just amazing. It's like you have this direct connection now. What advice would you give, Jim, to uh, our listeners who may want to be more in touch with their connection to spirit, uh, their own spirituality, and just have a better feel for, like, what the heck are we doing here? Because I think in today's Western culture in particular, we're so busy, and there's so much strife, as you've seen as war correspondents around the world. Half the world's just trying to survive. The other half is just working so hard, they don't have time to think about anything. or, Or in their free time, they're distracted by different types of entertainment. What can people do to get more in touch with who they really are and their each each own personal truth? I think the answer was actually woven into your question. And well, in that all of our how many of our issues arise from dualistic thinking? I have to win. You have to lose. I have to be rich. You have to be poor. You know, black, white, man, woman, up, down and out. 
The concept of non-dual thinking is relatively new to the West. It's ancient in the East, and that's right. great. And, and as, as a result of being comfortable with non-duality, the East is also much more comfortable with the ambiguity that our greatest truths present. You know, you read a book like the Tao Te Ching, and it says things that are highly ambiguous. It, it, it can almost be a little, you know, like when they say, um, you know, like the fortune cookie saying, may you live in interesting times. Well, a lot of people might think that's cool until they really think about it. And think, well, that could be an ambiguous <laughs> threat. Exactly. Uh, whereas in our dualistic mindset where everything is binary, it either is or it isn't. You know, we, we tend to force things into slots that don't belong in those slots. So I would say any thought process, any exercise, any path that moves you from dualistic thinking to non-dualistic thinking, uh, from linear information processing to non-linear, where you stand back and start to look at patterns, is going to be the right direction to go. Um, yeah, I would, I would just say that that's a great way. And med meditation is the classic answer I could give you, but at least this puts some foundation behind that one word answer. And then I guess part of it also, and from a lot of the work you did from the book, is a, a more of a quantum perspective on things, where it's you're not boxed in, you're not compartmentalized in how you think or live. It's like, what if? And then we actually create our experience every moment, every decision. And it seemed like you had that in 3D in front of you. Uh, I don't know if you had the time when you were there to put that all together, but afterwards I think you kind of dissected it in a very nice way. Like, okay, what is the sim symbolism of all of this stuff? When, when you think back, Jim, on this experience and that environment, do you think like, wow, I didn't realize like maybe I was thinking too darkly. Why did I get the egg? And, and there is, uh, as you mentioned in the book, there are structures on our planet that look like that egg, right? Yes, I'm in sir. I'm in San Diego. There's one right down the right down the street, and I'm like, wow, that that looks familiar. Why why do you think all of that is? What's the synchronicity of all that stuff? Well, I'd love to weave that right in, talking about synchronicities. After an NDE, it's like synchronicities more become a norm than an exception. And a, very shortly after I came home, uh, well, actually, once I was able to walk again. Um, I had a call from a friend to come into New York for a luncheon on kindness, kindness. And I thought, well, okay, I'll, I'll go. So I went, and as I walked into the building to this luncheon on kindness, I saw this sculpture. I think it's at the corner of maybe it's 54th and Avenue of the Americas in New York mm -hmm. that looked almost identical yep. to this egg. And I went, I just couldn't believe it. I had to take selfies with it. I'm like, this is way mm -hmm. too much. I, and it was literally out of all of New York. It was right outside the building where this luncheon on being kind to each other was. And I thought, this is <laughs> this is a real synchronicity here. So, you know, I, I've researched it. And it turned out the woman who hosted the lunch, who I know is a good friend, she knows the architecture professor wow. who designed it. So. I think I'll have to go have a talk with him one of these days. But I've had other amazing synchronicities as well that just remind you that when you're, I think an NDE reharmonizes you to the natural way you're supposed to live. We don't need anything extra. I don't need to go take a course in prosperity consciousness or this, that, and the other. I just actually need to start letting go of all the crap that I've accumulated and that I've let get put on me and that I define myself by, if I can just start letting that go, what remains is essentially the baby I was born, 
all with everything I need to be a happy spiritual person in life. Fantastic. Okay, our special guest, Jim Bruton. The name of the book is The In-Between, A Trip of a Lifetime. Uh, last question, just a yes or no. Do you fear death now? No. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and uh, where can people find out more about you, Jim, and the book? Of course. Um, I have a website. It's uh, www.inbetweenproductions.com. And that's productions with an S on the end. In Between Productions. That is uh, basically it's my story with uh, some afterthoughts that have come as a result. And then, of course, uh, the book, as you mentioned, The In-Between, A Trip to a Lifetime, is available on Amazon in both Kindle and paperback. And I'm actually 80% of the way recording the audio now. So you can look for the audio version if that's what you prefer very soon. Great. Well, Jim Bruton, you're a guy's guy. Thank you so much for sharing your amazing story. And you're a very interesting person. And the way I think interesting person had an interesting incident. And the way you described it is very interesting also. So congratulations. And thank you so much for being on Guys Guys Radio. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. And to the time given by your listeners. Robert Manny's The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love is a fast-paced tale of flawed men and savvy women competing for love, sex, power, and money in the city where they play for keeps. It's the men's successor to Sex in the City. The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love is a sexy romp through the fast-moving, high-stakes world of Madison Avenue. Available now on Amazon and wherever books are sold. Aaron McCormick, he's a pretty fascinating guy. Uh, He's an author, an entrepreneur, an inspirational speaker, and he's an artist whose path to success and fulfillment defies societal norms and expectations in nearly every way. I mean, he's a really unique person. And as I read his book, it's called Unbounded, Journey to Your Within. I was like so many eye opening segments in it. He's really had an unbelievable journey and he's still still a young man. He was raised by a single mom on the south side of Chicago, such a great city. And since the age of 23, was one of the world's leading technology business transformation sales executives. He earned millions and won a lot of awards. Best of IBM he got to. And he had no prior under coll- undergraduate college degree, yet he was he earned an MBA from a top business school. So he's just an amazing guy. He stood up uh, throughout his journey and escaped from a fundamental religious, quote unquote, cult in which he was raised, resulting in the loss of his family and his friends. So another challenge for him. But he's got empathy and he's got wisdom and he's really a self-made inspirational success who's ignited the innate ability that we have to kind of decode our own answers for maximum clarity and self-actualization. Aaron has helped countless people from all backgrounds realize greater fulfillment and success in the area of career, personal power, love and relationships, sales, entrepreneurship, and leadership. He's just an amazing guy. I'm so glad he's on Guys Guys Radio. Welcome, Aaron McCormick. Robert, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, let's start right at the beginning because your story is a phenomenal one. You grew up uh, on the south side of Chicago. Your dad left when I think you were around three years old. You really had to kind of, you know, be the man and uh, be the kid and really make things happen. And yet by the age of 20 or 21, you already had owned your first home and you were succeeding in sales. I believe you started selling pagers. How did that, how did you, how did you kind of make your first step to kind of reach beyond uh, those things that were holding you back to become unbounded? 
Well, first of all, having a house at 20 just made me a little old man. <laughs> so I was a little, a, little, a little old soul or something. But uh, I was also married super young to a whole other topic. Um, my first wife. I'm on the second wife now, hopefully the long-term one. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I guess throughout high school, <clears throat> I used to think that I wanted to be a car mechanic of some sort or into cars because I've loved them since I was three or four years old. And enough Chicago winters and banging my knuckles in the garage with my uncle on my first, you know, jalopy of a car quickly made me realize that's not for me. Um, and then I thought I wanted to be in computer programming because that was the wave. It was all the rage at the time. So I took COBOL programming in high school. And although I'm analytical and technical in many ways, that was too boring. Like, you know, you could create cool stuff. And at the end of a bunch of zeros and ones, you've got an application, but it still wasn't quite fitting me. That's when I realized, I guess this makes me maybe a sophomore, that I had to do something that had to do with people, um, teaching, training, selling, something like this. And if I were not raised in that fundamentalist Christian cult, if you will, that strongly frowns upon you know, any major self-development or secular education and climbing the ladder, so to speak, I probably would have been an attorney or I might have been a psychologist, something, some things like this. But I just realized, Robert, I'm like, gee, sales is the highest paid career of anything because every CEO is even a salesperson. Mm -hmm. Everything has to do with sales, solving problems, relating, et cetera. And so I'm like, and technology was what I thought I wanted to do when I started programming. So I go, what if I marry the two and did some sales of technology? So that was the macro level epiphany you know, in my, you know, middle to late high school time frame. And in my family, my mother was a um, insurance sales rep. She also did like 401k, like financial planning sort of stuff. Two of my brothers were, and a lot of the male figures, even in the church, did some things like that or real estate, things that didn't require a degree per se, but gave you your freedom and allowed you to make some money. So I had that other influence, but I was the one that stepped outside, if you will, and said, I don't want to do something quite as transactional as sitting in front of someone, determining how much insurance they need, writing an application. That would get monotonous to me. I needed something more complex, and, and that's how the marriage of technology and, and sales entered my mind. Okay. So as a sales, I will, I'll say, because I've, I've spent a career in corporate life, and I did some selling in the media, digital media area, and it's not easy, and it can be lucrative, but it's not for everyone, and you have to have a thick skin, you have to be determined, yet you have to have listening skills, you have to be empathetic, and you have to feel the pain point of your, uh, your clients. What, what, what are the keys to you to becoming uh, not only a successful salesperson, but to put you, to catapult you to the position that you got into to be, what I would say, a superstar salesperson? Well, you hit on a couple of them, and I didn't realize this at the time, a lot of things in life we just don't realize when we're in the thick of the moment. We're, we're in the forest, if you will. As time goes by, we look back on the forest and then we see all the, we see all the everything, not just the trees right in front of us. Well, I mean, um, I guess around 2021, when I really began to go up, both in terms of the kinds of positions I was getting and the level of sales I was doing with corporate C-suite, so C CIO, COO, the senior executive suite, uh, if you will, on down to the actual user. So I was selling at all levels of the organization. And I, without question, empathy was a huge one. Uh, in fact, I have a chapter in the book where I say empathy can make you millions because beyond sales, and remember, everything is sales, 
And I talk about how we're not we're selling when we're not really selling because sales actually isn't just selling. Like you're not trying to get your ends accomplished exclusively. Sales is about what I call intersections, where it is the meeting of what someone else's objectives are and your own. And you are honestly and transparently seeking to solve the challenge and give them what it is that they need. And in doing so, your needs are met too. So it's about finding that intersection, which is exactly what we do all the time. We do it when we go mingle mingle at a at a mixer, a cocktail mixer. We try to have this balance of conversation. I want to learn about you. I want to talk about me some. There's all these different examples where we're balancing this. Take care of myself. I got something I want to accomplish. I have an experience I want, a result I want. But I also want to make sure that your needs are met because humans are actually nurturers, whether we realize it or not. Sometimes the nurturing side of us has been trained out of us and we're taught to think is just number one, look after number one, go hard. And that's what a lot of salespeople do. And unfortunately, that's what has given salespeople such a bad name because they seem to be only after their objectives and we're all energy. So the other side, the client can detect that sort of meism. It's it's all I care about. And you're not really in the moment and, and listening. So I'd have to say it, it was this natural uh, empathy and desire to help, uh, coupled with, of course, the critical thinking, all the other stuff that goes with solving any sort of business problems. Hmm, great answer. Uh, and I agree 100 percent. Another thing that you say that's uh, in your book, uh, the book is Unbounded Journey to Your Within, is how to leverage uh, anxiety, which I find really uh, interesting and provocative because, you know, there's a difference between eagerness and anxiety. And you actually say that, you know, anxiety is something you can work with and turn it into kind of a superpower, if you will. So how do you energize anxiety? Well, it's super uncomfortable. <laughs> we don't like anxiety. <laughs> In fact, it's impossible to self-inflict or to give yourself anxiety because it wouldn't be anxiety if you asked yourself to do it. It's kind of like you can't drown yourself. So anxiety just happens, and, and it happens as a result of things that we've learned and have come to understand that are scary, things that you know are uh, fearful. Yeah. Whether, mm-hmm. yeah, right, whether it's it's a job situation or a girl that might reject you or uh, you know something money-related, health-related, some sickness you may get. So all these things are are, are weighing on you. And just like anything else in life, whether we're training in sports or, <clears throat> excuse me, or uh, just about every aspect, even jewelry, diamonds, things get stronger when they have to overcome stress or strain, weight, load, friction. So there's a way that that anxiety actually serves us. And it serves us by virtue of the contrast of, the, of getting beyond it. There's many ways it serves us, but one of the things that I've really grown to appreciate is in the moment when we're feeling anxious at every every level of our life, when you look back to you're in third grade you're, or fourth grade, whatever, and you're scared of going to fifth because you're like, how the hell am I going to do long division? <laughs> you know, something very intimidating to you mm-hmm. at the moment. And then you grow to, to learn it and you succeed at it and you look back and go, oh, that wasn't so bad to moving and relocating as a child. All these little things. We've all had these experiences in, in our youth that were once mountains to us, gave us a lot of anxiety. We get past them and we realize, oh, they weren't so bad. And if they if they wait on us for a long period of time, the greater the anxiety, the greater it actually serves you in the future. It can serve you at least because when, once it's gone, so in the absence of it, your vibe is a lot higher 
just based on the sheer absence of it, which means you're much easier uh, content, pleased, happy, joyful, uh, opt optimistic, because just the absence of something that was once terrible on you, whether it's a bully at school that's no longer there or some other thing that was weighing a job you hated, now that it's gone, you, you're a lot happier than someone that never had that problem. So your, your ground zero is a bit higher than someone else's ground zero that never faced it. So in some ways, it's, it's helping you. Which, by the way, when we look at all of the most inspirational people in our society that, are, that have a certain vibe about them and we're drawn to them and uh, we're encouraged by them, they all have these terrible stories, these backgrounds that- That's true. You don't usually know about it until you see it on some program or something, right? And and what that's exactly what makes them be so high vibe now. They've carried it. So I guess my message there, Robert, is my, as my heart goes out to people in all sorts of crazy situations, and they may feel super alone, unloved, hopeless, it actually is presenting an opportunity for them to really come into contact, strong contact, with their true essence, which is an energy that is beyond the things that they have physically grown to become and believe and feel and fear. It's this thing that was there before they took all this stuff on. When, you, when you're alone and you're going through the stuff, so to speak, that's when you actually have your greatest awakenings. And that's when it presents opportunity for you to be a very different person or a different sort of energy in the future. Since the name of the show is Guys Guys Radio, and this is your host, Robert Manny, and my special guest is Aaron McCormick. His book is Unbounded Journey to Your Within. Let's, uh, and you have a couple of chapters on relationships. So why are relationships so difficult today? I, there's so many people giving advice on, on dating, and like people don't know how to date anymore. And then you have now, obviously, with the quarantine and all, it's a whole other set of issues, but we can put that aside. What, why is there this chasm between communication between partners, whether it's men and women or women and women and men and men, whatever. Why, why people have so much difficulty nowadays communicating and really making these connections of the heart? Well, it's, it, it's always been there. I think people just got more license to, to talk about it and to be more open <laughs> and to do something about it, to break up or divorce or what some things were more frowned upon back in the day. But I think it fundamentally comes down to uh, empathy, believe it or not, uh, in terms of the relationship and ability to um, to be aligned. Alignment doesn't happen because our communication, so this applies to business and relationships, but I'll put it in the relationship context. The problem is we naturally, we're so shaped by our own perspective and experience and outlook and it's just, it seems like this is something we've known all along, but we just haven't really applied it, right? The, the deal is, when I'm talking to a woman as a man, I'm so immersed in my manhood <laughs> and, and without knowing it in the way I view things that I apply their behavior to what my behavior would be as a man. And so I take things completely incorrectly completely inaccurately. And part of that empathy will resolve. So for example, on the um, on the ugly topic of sexuality between, let's, as an example, men and women. Okay. Men, a lot of women don't realize that they actually uh, are in, you know, they're not trying to, but they actually are hurting men 
by the fact that their their natural physical makeup due to anxiety or stress or hormones, they don't have our sex drive. And so it, it sometimes deeply hurts the man because sex is so naturally important, hugely important to men. We have 10 times the sex drive, 10 times the testosterone levels. It's physically the case. We could never imagine knowing the need of our woman, knowing she needs food to eat and playing dumb like we don't know it or knowing she needs sex and that's that important and then trying to fake like and not even addressing the topic that that would seem unloving to us so when men i've heard this throughout my entire especially corporate career right just colleagues and just men talk they women don't realize that they're they're hurting their men in inadvertently in this way and the problem is the man has internalized her absent physical interest and drive as uh, you know, a lot more painful than it is. A lot more, uh, you know, personally, like I'm not important. How could you just? So that part is happening, and this is just one topic. And I know it's a triggering one. I don't mean to get overly into the sex topic, but it's one of the biggest chasms. But if we applied this in so many other aspects of how we communicate with each other, sit in the shoes of the other person, both in knowledge of how they physically are in terms of their history, their personal family life, et cetera, and the, the specific topic at hand, we would all communicate with each other very differently. We'd actually grow to each other. You know, the bridge would, would be bridges would be made instead of us building so so many walls and running so fast. Okay. I think uh, I agree with you a thousand percent on empathy as something that couples need to have. And uh I do think, though, things have changed, uh, and testosterone is is a sex driver for sure. But I think there today there's a uh, there's a lot of situations where women have to actually do more testosterone driven things, that, and the the roles are changing a little bit, and becomes becomes a little bit confusing. But the bottom line is, in my opinion, that everybody's exactly equal and deserves exactly the same. And I don't, you know, I, I'm a guy. I know that sometimes we can compartmentalize some random sex. And I don't know if women compartmentalize it the same way. I think things are changing. And I think there's a lot of overlap. And I think we have to be careful, Aaron. And I say this respectfully that, um, you know, when we say that the guys have much more as a sex drive than the women, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. They have more testosterone for sure. But anyhow, I want to make sure that we're just covered on that. And uh, I totally respect and appreciate your opinion there. So let's uh, let's wrap it up. Um, the book is Unbounded, where I think there's so much in the future for you. Where do you go from here and where can people find out more about you and get your book? Well, my website is AaronMcCormick.com. Uh, it's my name or or unboundedbook.com. What's ahead? You know, I I consider myself a vessel. I think we all are are to some degree, as we talked about, a, we're spirit having a human experience. To the to the extent that you surrender and you recognize things within you that have always been there that are, yeah, you're no longer suppressing, you become a lot more fluid about the journey, because the the strong knowing of what you're going to do and what your plans are, that's all from the mind. And the mind is however old we are, Robert. It's, you know, it's 12, mm -hmm. 15, 64 years old or whatever. But the spirit is who knows how many millennia old. And so the more you connect to that part of you, the more fluid you become. So that's a long-winded way of saying who knows what's ahead, right? I'm just... <laughs> 
I am I'm very much surrendered to the process. I'm doing the things that give me joy. I, I want to connect. I want to get to know, expand both myself as well as connect with my fellow humans. And hopefully to the extent that we all get more acquainted with our true essence before all these other agendas. And, and you know, right. I think there's a, a, a misbalance of energy in terms of dark and light. And I think humanity has skewed too far to dark in, in so many different ways. And I think 2020 and where we are collectively, we're heading toward a detox of the mm-hmm. inordinate amount of darkness and we're headed to balance. So I'm pretty bullish about where I personally am going and where I think we are collectively going as a human race. Good. All right. Well, great job. A pleasure to meet you. The best of success. And I know you're going to be successful in whatever you do. And we'll see more and more of you out there. And come on back to Guys Guys Radio. Thank you, Aaron McCormick. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. There's never been a better time for men to be whoever they want to be. Yet it's never been less clear who men really are. Guys Guy Radio, starring author Robert Manny, is on KCAA every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Whether it's relationships, sex, wellness, or spirituality, join Robert as he interviews the experts about how men and women can be at their best. Guys Guy Radio, better men, better world. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, two very different guests here, but Guys Guys nonetheless on Guys Guys Radio today. I spoke with Jim Bruton. He's an adventurer, an explorer, an author, an aviator. And he went through a near-death experience that he explained to us with his book, um, The In-Between, A Trip of a Lifetime. And then we had Aaron McCormick, who wrote uh, Unbounded, Journey to Your Within. So both had specific experiences that Jay shared with us. And what I like to do on Guys Guys Radio is I like to bring in guests who have a unique story to tell about their journey and about their insights and about many epiphanies they may have had along the way to help them live their best life. And when we hear those things and we pick up on some of that stuff, we can consider, hey, maybe what this guy had to say is something that's relative to the experience I'm having. Or maybe not. I'll leave that up to you. But that's my service here that I'm doing is bringing in people that will share their experience that can hopefully help you live your best life. So Guys Guys Radio, what did we learn from our two guests today? Well, I think from Jim Bruton, we learned that, you know, similar to other guests I've had who've talked about uh, near-death experiences, there were some similarities there, and he went to, into this kind of Bardo type of uh, environment, and he faced his uh, some of his own truths, and he faced uh, spirit, if you will, in his own way that communicated with him through symbols and some other stuff but also uh, that his individual journey is different than a lot of other people's. And I think I've also heard this from other guests uh, who have channeled people who have crossed over, and everybody has gone through a similar experience, but they're all kind of specifically different, although there's similarities. Not everybody goes through this tube of light and goes up to this happy place. Uh, There's different ways of going uh, through your transition. So something to keep in mind. From Aaron McCormick, who wrote Unbounded, we learned about kind of his real-life 3D experiences and growing up in the south side of Chicago, where he had to overcome some challenges as a child, 
through his family, through his situations, and he rose up quickly in business through just his ability to sell. And I think one of the reasons why he's so successful uh, as a salesperson is that he truly cares about his customers and he believes in what he's delivering. And that's, that's terrific. And that really is the key to sales. And he listens too. So good stuff from our two guests, Jim Bruton and Aaron McCormick. We wish them both the best here on Guys Guys Radio. I'm your host, Robert Manny. We're here every Wednesday evening on KCAA Radio in Southern California, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 10.50 AM. There's a replay of the show every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. on KCAA. The podcast drops worldwide every Thursday. Same show, but we're on the podcast version, if you will iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, Stitcher, Deezer, CastBox, Podchaser, TuneIn Radio, Blog Talk Radio. You can stream it on kcaa.com or my website, robertmanny, M-A-N-N-I.com. If you check out my website, you can uh, have access to over 300 of my blog posts, which I do pretty deep dives on a variety of subjects having to do with kind of life, love, and a pursuit of happiness through my guys' guys lens, if you will, and hopefully you'll glean some value out of those. You can also download three free chapters of my novel, The Guys, Guys, Guide to Love, which is the story of two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money in a city where they play for keeps. New York City and the advertising game, the story is set about 10 years ago in New York when advertising was shifting from kind of traditional print and TV over to digital, and it's never gone back, and the business is very different now than it was 10 and 15 years ago. And a lot of it's based on uh, you know, my experiences, but the, 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 what's in the book is not specifics based on my experience, but the environments and the uh, tapestry of characters I created are based on what I witnessed during my many years in advertising on Madison Avenue and also some boutique agencies in New York City. So I hope you can check that out. If you want to support the show, Guys Guys Radio, you can rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes uh, slash Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on social media. I'm all over the place, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And now if you go to YouTube, we've got a brand new YouTube channel. If you if you type in Robert Manny or Robert Manny author, it'll take you to my page. It's called Guys Guys TV, where we have tons of video stuff, including uh, most of the podcasts from Guys Guys Radio that have been on KCAA. We have uh, transferred over to YouTube now also. So you can, if you consume your podcasts at YouTube, you can get them there. So, hey, listen, I'm so pleased to be here. I'm so appreciative of my listeners and my guests, the growing audience. We're having a great time. I know it's tough sledding out there. And it's uh, people can be on edge uh, it, 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 with this COVID thing and schools coming coming up and the economy and the election and everything else is just a lot of pressure on people. And even out here in Southern California, like, I, hey, I'm a New Yorker. I've mentioned it. And people in New York are, you know, they can be pretty brusque. And people out here are a little more, quote unquote, civil, if you will, at least superficially. But I'm noticing now that even out here in Southern California, people can be a little bit on edge, but it's still, it's still more chill than New York City. But I miss my friends in New York. 
New York City is the greatest city in the world, and they will bounce back. They will get through this. It's going to take time, but they always get through it because the people, the people are amazing there, and they're from all over the world. It's like an all-star team in New York. Believe me, trust me, I've lived there for a long time. There's a lot of talent in New York, and you can hate New York, but the people there are cool. They might come across as a little bit tough sometime, but if you're ever in New York City and you stop on the street and you need, a, uh, you need direction someplace, New Yorkers will fall all over themselves to help you out. It's really true. So anyhow, Guys Guys Radio, thanks for being here. We'll see you next week. And as I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.